Hey there folks and welcome back to the Coffee Shop Best Bits Podcast. This is the Best Bits Podcast of a radio show I do with my good friend Dan over on 382 Radio every Friday from 7 until 10pm UK time. We had a Best Bits show going out this week, uh, so no actual new content apart from the facts we do. We of course have each week's new interview. So this week you will have the full interview. Uh, with a fantastic up-and-coming Dublin-based artist called Scenic. Uh, we go through his journey through music, including some time in Paris, uh, as well as both sides of Ireland, east and west. Um, so that's all we've got for this week. Hope you enjoy. We'll be back next week, uh, back on the radio, 7 until 10pm, with the normal proceedings. And we will be back here next Saturday for the normal Best Bits podcast. Hope you enjoy. And today we're joined by Rob, also known as Scenic. How are you today, Rob? I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm not too bad myself. It's beautiful weather here, so let's hope it keeps up. Um, so let's get straight into it. When did you start making music? I started when I was a kid. I come from a very musical family, and my mother uh, plays the piano, and I have a lot of cousins who play trad and things like that, but... I'm from the west of Ireland, which is a very, um, I say trad, but I, I understand some of your listeners might not exactly know what that is, being non-Irish, but I mean, traditional Irish music. So a lot of the, the place I'm from in Ireland, County Clare, it's a very, very uh, big place for trad music. So naturally, I learned the banjo when I was very young, and then um, I did that for a while. But after a while, I got kind of um uninspiring for me having to do this 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 sort of music so i switched over to the guitar and the piano and i haven't sort of looked back since then but i should in some way be keeping up with the trad music because i do enjoy it as well but it's a whole different world now okay and so what was the first sort of music you listened to growing up what was the first sort of song you remember hearing the first song i remember hearing was you know that song that's like and I, I feel like, and I looked up the date when this came out, so I think it might be an actual memory from the time. But you know that Sure song, Do You Believe in Life After Love? I do, yes. That is the first song that I remember hearing, if that's what you're granted. But like, the first song that I actually like listened to and liked was you know Green Day songs, of course, which was like 2004 when that album came out, and my brother's friends got it, and I listened to it a bit, and that had a very deep lasting profound impact on my musical you know uh vocabulary i suppose okay and so was that sort of the first music you bought as well or would you say the first sort of album you bought was a different one um i think well i didn't really buy any albums i think the first actual album i bought was the white album by the beatles okay. and i would listen to that an awful lot but um there was a library in the t beside the school where I went to in, in Ennis, and I used to go in there and get CDs all the time. And I'd rent like a different CD every week and try to get through like all of the Beatles stuff, all of the Stones stuff, and then Green Day and other less good 90s bands, you know, like a lot of 90s punk bands that, you know, I think I've moved on from, but every so often I'll go in like a big, massive uh, 90s binge of, of that kind of stuff, which. You know, I'm not proud of it, but I will do bi-monthly, maybe. Yeah. Okay. And so, sort of coming on to your music, where did the name Scenic come from? Yeah, so at the start of the lockdown, I put together, because 
I sort of had a lot of time on my hands, as I'm sure you must have had as well. And I just, I said to myself, I need to get some kind of a hobby together. I need to do something with all of this free time. So what I did was I started a, a photography page on Instagram where I'd post pictures from runs I would go on in the morning. And I did that for about two months or so. And I'd always done music all my life. Um, but I thought that now's the time because I got a little bit of an audience there to start posting the music onto that page as well. So it started out as a photography page that had a little bit of music and it sort of turned into a music page that now has a little bit of photography on it. So that's, and it was called Scenic Dublin, you know. So I took that name for the music because it seemed like a natural thing because, you know, I don't know if you play music yourself, but band names are hard. And I can attest to that by, you know, if I tell you the name of my first band, which was Dry Roasted Peanuts, that is just the name of four guys who don't know what to name a band. You know, <laughs> so I came up with that one just to, to save me having to come up with something else, you know? Yeah. So uh, just briefly coming on to the uh, band you just mentioned, Dry Roasted Peanuts, you've been quite busy over the past few years. So you've uh, lived in Paris, you've sold out venues across Dublin with Dry Roasted Peanuts, you've also been studying for Masters in Law. How would you fit a music schedule around all of that? I didn't. Um, I kind of did one at the time. Like when I was doing my undergraduate uh, in Cork, I was I did English in college. I was in that band then, and um, the majority of my time was focused on the band stuff. And the, the the college really came secondary. And I am lucky. I think in some ways, like I got as good grades I did in the end because. The amount of time was pretty negligible that I put into the actual study of it. But the band broke up in my final year, so giving me time to not not screw my exams or anything. So that was all fine. But like I kind of took a year off when I went to France and I didn't do mu much music then because I didn't have access to uh, equipment. And I didn't know that many people. I got to know people towards the end of my time there and I, I did record some music, but um, but that was towards the end. For the majority of the time, I just had an acoustic. So I was writing a few songs that way. And when I did get back to Ireland, um, I decided to, to try and put those into some kind of recorded format and to, to start again as a solo artist, whereas I was before in a band. And it is certainly a, a difficult thing to do. Do you play music yourself? I don't. I wish I was talented enough to do it, but I am. <laughs> I've got... Four straight fingers. I would do absolutely nothing with a guitar. I don't know. I don't know if it's a question of of uh, talent, Harry. So as much as it is patience and just well, you know, sheer willpower. I lack both of them as well, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, so going back briefly of what you said, um, how did you come to uh, going to Paris? What was that about? Well, I suppose it was because I was coming to the end of my degree, and I said to myself. I need to do something. <laughs> and, you know, if you don't know what to do with yourself, I think in all, it's never a bad idea to do anything at all, you know, just so you can get a new perspective on what you want to do. So I applied to a few jobs and that was the one that I got. And I was sort of, um, you know, I always listened to French music and stuff. So I was kind of interested in, the, in that side of things. My French wasn't good before I went, but that's a different thing. But I had the idea that I just wanted to get a total change and just meet new people, 
uh, and really put myself in a situation that was difficult. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very specific and humbling thing to go to somewhere that you don't speak the language and you're, you know, foreign to there and you're treated a certain way. Um, though I will say that if you tell people in Paris that you're Irish, because the assumption is if you speak English that you're English and they revile against you, but then you say, no, it's okay. I am in fact Irish. And then they're nice to you and it's fine. Okay. <laughs> so what were you doing in Paris then? Obviously, was this just after you'd finished your degree? Yeah, that's right. And I was working in a nightclub there and I was as working in a cocktail bar. I was working in a school on the side, or that was my main thing. And then on the weekends, I would work in this nightclub and venue called Supersonic, which is like the biggest nightclub, like indie rock music place over there. And it was really, really cool. It was very tiring because I'd worked nine to five in the school, you know, and then on the Friday evening, because I was living in Versailles, which is like 40 minutes outside of Paris. So I would finish on Friday at five o'clock and I would run to the train station, get the train all the way into Paris. And then I'd work until four in the morning and then I'd get the train back or I'd sleep like in the venue and then I'd do the same thing on the Saturday. So it was very, very tiring and it, it totally screwed up my, my sleep schedule for the bones of the year there. But, you know, I got to see some really, really cool bands, like cool American and English bands that came over and toured. And often I was the only person there who spoke any uh, sort of uh, English, if you call what I speak that. And so I got to interact with them and show them around the, the, the city and, and show them the, the venues and stuff and explain to them what was needed. So, yeah, it was a real education you know, in how, like, international touring works. So I thought it was... Okay. And were cool. there any bands there that particularly stood out to you? Are there any that sort of stick in your memory? Um, the Growlers were good, if you know them. And also Current Joys was really something. Like, it was it was like you, you were going to gigs for free and you just happened... And you're also drunk a lot of the time as well because, you know, you're working the bars, so you're going to have, like, maybe a shot or two every so often. And they're, they're very chill about that kind of thing. So you'd be there just kind of watching the band because nobody drinks when, when the bands are on. So you'd be stand, stand, stood there like arms folded back up against the bar, uh, just getting to see this, this really incredible music. But yeah, Current Joys was really the, the highlight of the whole thing. Like he did um, like an hour long set and it was, it was really incredible. Okay, and so after you came back from Paris, um, you started, did you start studying for your master's soon after? Was that a bit of a time after? It was pretty much immediately once I set foot onto the tarmac of the runway, I began. It was, no, it was like, yeah, pretty much a week after I arrived, I, I, I did it. But um, yeah, I mean, that took up a lot of time at the start. You know, when you start something new, you don't know how to juggle you know hobbies and interests and things as well so i think it took a little bit of time for me to be able to say that i'm on top of this stuff and now i can focus on the music as well you know and i yeah. think i'm at that point now as i'm finishing it now that i have the time to, to actually do it but yeah i'm actually finished on the eighth of next month so then i'm going to be able to focus properly on the music and also on the record label that i I, I manage, which is called Real Fear Records. If you want to check us out on Instagram and Facebook, <laughs> that would be much appreciated. 
Yeah. Okay. And so getting into your music, how did you choose to become a solo artist instead of going back to being in a band? Well, the choice was kind of made for me because of lockdown. In Ireland, we have the most stringent lockdown measures in all of Europe. It's, it's much um, stricter than what I, I think you guys have over there in England, Harry. So we're, we're stuck in a 5K radius all the time. And I did try to start a band. And I, we had about five jams at this rehearsal space uh, in Dublin. And it was going well. And I was enjoying it. And then lockdown hit. And we all had to sort of, you know, we couldn't we couldn't gather in a small room and some of them lived outside of 5K. So it was just legally impossible for us to do it. <laughs> so I said, like, you know, screw it. I'm just I'm, I'm sick of waiting around for other people, you know, despite the fact that I do love collaborating with people and I do like making music with people. But like if I can't do it, I'm just going to do it myself with my laptop and a guitar and yeah, that's what I did, and um, yeah. Okay, and so this is your debut EP as a solo artist. It's called Long Time Listener, First Time Caller. Tell us a bit about it. Where did the name for that come from? So it's it's kind of a funny story that um, the name came... I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I make a podcast also. Here's my second plug of, of this interview so far. <laughs> Check that out on the on the real fear page but i listen to a lot of podcasts about everything about various different things and one of the podcasts i listened to was about um talk radio it was a podcast deconstructing how talk radio affects its listeners so the lyrics in the song in the, the first single of the song are specifically about that about how talk radio can can be used as a tool to to sort of you know propaganda propagandize if you could say that to people. And um, that's kind of the perspective of the song. It's from a radio DJ who is um, sort of trying to do that. But yeah, that's, the, that's just the first song. But like musically, what I was trying to do with it was just to make something that's very, and this is across the whole EP, but something that's really articulate, something that has a lot of words in it. Um, you know, because the music I had done prior was less about lyrics so i wanted to make a very lyric focus um and i i do of course disregard that's not to include the, the instrumental song at the end which is a different story behind that <laughs> which i did like four years prior to it when i was living in cork um on yeah okay and so going from the ep would you say you've got a favorite song from it i think i have a least favorite song which is a uh, long time listener, first time caller, because I had to listen to it so much and it's so flipping janky the way that I mix this. Because I do the mixing as well and I don't know what I'm doing, obviously, evidently. Mm. So it, at the tail end of the song, there's a lot of stuff I should have taken out. But the second song is my favorite one. I'm very, I'm very pleased with how that came out. I think it, it sounds nice. Um, and the final song as well, because I had been sitting on that for a long time. Um, I just got around to putting it out now, but I, I, that's something that I actually listen to myself because it's, it's just very calming and peaceful. Yeah. Okay. And so, of course, this EP is out on your own record label, uh, Real Fear Records. Uh, tell us a bit about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So Real Fear Records is a label that was started by the band Happy Alone. If you know those guys, they're, they're a court-based band, and they started this label about a few years ago. And it 
is the sort of thing that you need to, you know, um, they are busy doing their own band stuff, as every band is. So they sort of didn't have enough time to manage it. So I came in about three months ago just to inject some structure into the whole thing and some organization and, and restructure a little bit to make it into something that's a bit more, uh, let's say, streamlined, commercial, and has more potential for growth and, and all of that. So what we've been doing is um, connecting with international partners. We have now partners in, in New York, Paris, and Berlin, and we're going to be trying to establish um, chapters of, of the label there with our various partners and make it into a real international network of uh, bands, artists, managers, and promoters. So it's very exciting. Um, I really like doing it. Um, and yeah, if you, if you want to submit to us, or if you want to get in contact with us, then shoot us a message at realfearrecords at gmail.com. Okay, and so of course you are coming close to finishing your Masters in Law. Uh, did you say you finished uh, your undergraduate, was it English, did you say? English and music, yeah, yeah. And you've also got this and record label as well. Out of all four of those, what are you going to try and pursue full time in the month or so when you finish your degree? Well, Harry, life is such um, that one has to, for themselves, provide a certain amount of money so that they don't starve to death. So that's the main priority of the next couple of months is to do that. And once I can do that, then I can put more time into the other things because the label is, is great, but it takes a long time to establish a reputation with the label and the brand and brand awareness and all of this. And to be able to monetize a label is a long-term thing. Uh, so it's going to take a little bit of time. I'm happy to, to do it because it's, it's a lot of fun and everyone, you know, it's a mutually beneficial thing for everybody involved. But th that, that is the main thing is, is, is pursuing the law for the time being and then trying to put more time into the label and music as time goes on. But Okay. Um, so if I sort of rephrase that briefly, law or music, which one do you prefer? Well, that's, that's, that's kind of it. <laughs> I don't know. I like them both. I like them both very much. That's that's God. You're asking the tough questions there, Harry. <laughs> I I don't know. Um, I suppose you know. I suppose probably music sparks more joy in me. But you know, um, I do think there's something to be said for not focusing on your passion full time because then that way, if you're doing something else, you allow the ideas to cook in the back of your head instead of constantly focusing on them you know like i don't think i'd be able to write sit down and write a song every single day i currently have a good output because i'm focusing on essays and things that are very very dry and boring and technical and because of that you know you're always going to have a creative part of your brain that wants to exert itself and um, sort of make itself felt and i think that if you have i mean you know t.s Eliot worked in a bank for most of his life and he didn't do he didn't do too bad in terms of creative output. I don't think it, it hinders um, it hinders in any way, but yeah, I mean, ultimately it's a personal choice um, how, how those things can balance out for yourself, but 
yeah, that's my that's my view on it. That's my take, my hot take. Okay. Um, and so looking into the future, uh, what do we have on the horizon for you? What's come up in the next few months for in terms of music? Yeah, so in the next couple of months, I'm going to try and put something out in July, another EP, um, and put even more of a push behind it. And I'm hoping if restrictions are allowed to record that in a studio, um, my friend's studio um, in Paris, and that's if that's all going to be possible but that's the plan and then touring as well so my plan is to put a band together for the summer and try and do at least a few gigs and that kind of thing because i do miss playing live it's been a, a long time now since uh, we've been able to do it you know yeah and so this band will it be sort of a live band or will you be trying to turn scenic almost into a band it'll be turning the scenic music into a band my plan is to just sort of because i don't know these songs to play them on guitar yet because they're all <laughs> yeah. done with synths and things you know and the songwriting process is such that i'm writing them as i'm making them that i'm revising them um so i'm gonna have to learn these songs and then show them to other people in order for them to be played live but you know if you get good musicians like i know a lot of good musicians and and it would be no problem for them to to do that um like it's always fun trying to learn something that that's that's sort of a little bit difficult but yeah i mean it, it'll be a bit of a challenge i think turning into live music <laughs> but but yeah cross that bridge when i come to it i suppose yeah okay and so who would you say would be your sort of dream collaboration what artists or top your list that you'd love to make music with that's an interesting question i haven't i hadn't thought of that there but um yeah, I'm listening to a lot of Alex G at the moment. Um, do you know that guy at all? I know of the name. Yeah, he's, he's very good. Um, I think he goes by Sandy Alex G because there was another Alex G, but he's kind of like um, uh, just indie pop or indie dream pop or something like that. But I really, really like his songwriting. I don't know if he'd be good to actually play with, but him, I like Matt Maltese. He's very good. He's an English guy. He does like piano stuff and indie rock as well um little band called the strokes good guys like them I'd, I'd like to join their bands um yeah i don't know that's 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 one i'd have to think about those are the names that jump to mind but there's a lot of you know local bands and bands on our label that i'd love to collaborate with again and play with and, and stuff because it's a lot of fun you know yeah okay and so an on-running question from each of these interviews as we go week on week on week um comes from my co-host dan what is your favorite biscuit that's a good question you know it's kind of a debate at the moment um because like i'm eating a lot of hobnobs at the moment and hobnobs they're it's a quality biscuit don't get me wrong but i have a yearning for fig rolls the likes of which I haven't felt in a long time. So I need to go out, because I used to eat fig rolls at my Nana's house, my grandmother's house. So I have this nostalgic desire for fig rolls. So I'll, I'll say fig rolls in this case, despite my, my current preference for hobnobs. Okay. Oddly enough, I don't think that's the first time we've had either of those brought up in the interviews. <laughs> I think they both have actually been mentioned by other artists. But clearly a popular They're quality choice. biscuits. Clearly yeah. are. So it's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you, Rob. Would you like to go and introduce the next song? Absolutely. And same to you, man. Thanks for having me again.
Um, this song is I Can Tell You Something off my debut EP, Long Time Listener, First Time Caller. And that's it for this week's folks. I hope you enjoyed. Apologies, it was just the interview. Uh, but we had a few technical issues that prevented us from going live. As I said, we will be back next week with the normal best bits uh, from the entirety of the show. Uh, and we look forward to hearing from you. Of course, you can get in contact with us anytime throughout the week. Emails contact at bonsai78media.co.uk or get in contact with us on social media. On Instagram, we are at coffeeshoprecords underscore, at bonsai78media, at harry underscore con1, and at d.a.n underscore dot m. On Twitter, we are at coffeeshoprec, that's R-E-C, and at 382 radio. And on Facebook, we are coffeeshoprecords and 382 Radio. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.